Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. We've got another daily double coming your way today, guys. This is episode one, where we'll be talking about the Saturday night slate of college football DFS action. And then later on this morning, we're going to be doing the college basketball preview for tonight, Friday's slate of games. So if you're interested in either college daily fantasy sport, we've got you covered here on the podcast. If you're here for the college football and you've never tried college basketball, I strongly encourage you to try it out. It's a lot of fun, makes watching the games more interesting. And like college football, it's an under-researched daily fantasy game. It's not like NFL or NBA where everybody's using optimizers, everybody's using premium sites. It's not like that. So by just doing a little research, you're putting yourself way ahead of the field. So give it a, give it a shot. I promise. You won't regret it. Now, if you want to use my full DFS lineups, those are going live on Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Also, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks for more stats, facts, start, sit questions, lineup questions. I'll answer anything if you ask it on Twitter. And lastly, if you like what you hear on the podcast, make sure you rate and subscribe. It really helps me out. I'm really trying to grow my listener base. We are approaching 600 total listeners, y'all. So make sure, rate and subscribe, help get the word out. I really appreciate it. All right. Let's start talking some Saturday night college football. But first, a quick word from our friends at Anchor. This Saturday night slate of games is a little bit smaller than in weeks past. And honestly, I don't think the matchups are as good in weeks past. I really think all the marquee games for this Saturday's college football action are really in the early window. If you needed evidence of that, look at where game day is going. They're going to Bozeman, Montana. So uh, not the best matchups here on the night slate, but I do think that there's a few games, definitely a few games, that we can take advantage of that are going to be pretty high scoring. So when we look at the quarterback position, the top two names are actually playing against each other, and that is USC's Caleb Williams and UCLA's Dorian Thompson-Robinson, a.k.a. DTR. So the over-under of this game is 76, which is the highest, not of this slate, but of the day on DraftKings, and that's quite a lot of points, y'all. That's like Big 12 game territory. Both defenses in this game have given up big performances to quarterbacks. Earlier in the season, Michael Penix Jr. had 33 fantasy points against UCLA, and Cameron Rising had 48 fantasy points against USC. So what we're looking at is we're looking at two good offenses who play at a fast tempo, and they're going up against bad defenses that have been burned by quarterbacks in the past. This is a recipe for a lot of real points and a lot of fantasy points. So I'm cool with playing either of these two guys. If you want to try to onslaught the game and go with both of them, you're going to make it really tough on yourself to squeeze in those salaries. But I definitely think that's a viable strategy. I think between the two of them, I would probably prefer DTR because of the rushing upside. Um, now, granted, I, that doesn't mean that I'm not endorsing playing Caleb Williams, but I think that for the slight price discount, and I think the fact that I get more rushing yards with DTR, that's the guy I would go with between the two of them. Looking further down the board, Jaden Daniels of LSU is next. Look, I'm not concerned about last week. That was just a freak weather game where you're looking at a frozen field in Arkansas where they tried to um, you know, thaw it by spraying a hose on it because apparently they didn't learn science in high school. And then you had LSU, you know, we all saw the pictures on the sidelines where they had coffee, hot chocolate, hot water, like they just had everything hot on the sidelines, which is not normal for a team that plays its games in Louisiana. So yeah, freak weather game last week. I'm throwing that performance out the window. Uh, I think that this is a decent matchup against UAB. However, I do think there's a little bit of blowout potential. I've talked about this with CJ Stroud before. You know, I don't want to play a guy where his team's up 35 at halftime and he just sits the second half. 
I think there's a little bit of potential with that for LSU. However, when you look at the over-unders and the point totals, LSU's only implied 34 points in this one. So I do think that there is a pretty safe option that, or pretty safe chance that Jaden Daniels plays the entire game and gets you fantasy points for the entire game. Next up to talk about is Hendon Hooker. Look, what more do I have to say about Hendon Hooker? He's super consistent. He's really good, and Tennessee plays really fast. They're going to score a lot of points. Now, South Carolina's defense, if you look at the numbers, they don't look bad on paper. Like, they've been very stout against mediocre competition. But when they played Georgia, they gave up 48 points. When they play Arkansas, they gave up 44 points. Tennessee's offense is better than both of those, so I definitely expect Hendon Hooker and the Tennessee offense to put up some points against South Carolina. Dylan Gabriel of Oklahoma had a disappointing nine fantasy points against West Virginia. However, Oklahoma State's a pretty good matchup. They give up 290 passing yards per game. Oklahoma State, their season started really, really well but they're kind of in shambles right now. They've got injuries to Spencer Sanders at the quarterback position, uh, injuries at the running back position, the wide receiver position, and I don't know. It's hard to be a believer in Oklahoma State right now. So I think that Oklahoma kind of, after their little tailspin, has righted the ship, and you know they're getting back to being Oklahoma again. And so I think that this is a decent spot to play Dylan Gabriel, in all honesty. K.J. Jefferson of Arkansas, look, I was all over him last week. And then not only did the freak weather game happen, but he had a surprise injury on Saturday morning and was out for the game. If he plays, he's a great play, plain and simple. Super consistent, super high floor, and he's been one of my go-to guys all year in daily fantasy. So for Texas Tech, Tyler Shue has to seem, seems to have the starting job locked down, but the Iowa State defense is pretty tough. The Iowa State defense has locked up pretty much every offense in the Big 12, which is saying a lot. Iowa State just can't score a lot of points. So I don't know if I'm necessarily in on Tower Shoe this week. However, I will say definitively he's the guy that's going to be the starter. Pretty confident in that. Now, I do think there is one bargain quarterback that is an option, and that is, hear me out, Spencer Rattler of South Carolina. I don't think I have ever seen a quarterback have as big of a fall from grace in 15 months than Spencer Rattler when he was coming into the season in 2021 as the Heisman favorite and now he is just transferred, he was benched, and he's at South Carolina, and he's not really that good at football anymore. And here's the good news, though. He's only $4,900 on DraftKings, and he's going up against a pretty mediocre Tennessee defense, the you know Tennessee defense that we've seen get thrown on by pretty much everybody they've played. And if you're thinking, well, wait a minute, how's Spencer out were any good? Look at his average. He doesn't average a whole lot of fantasy points or a whole lot of passing yards. Well, he's shown a little bit of a ceiling. He had 20 fantasy points against Vanderbilt and Arkansas, and I think that Tennessee's defense is honestly about on the same level as those two. And if I told you that you were getting 20 points out of a guy who's $4,900 on DraftKings, that's a pretty good value in all honesty. So I think Spencer Rattler is the bargain bin quarterback for this week. All right, that does it for the quarterback position. Let's move on over to running backs. At the running back position, the top option is going to be Zach Charbonnet. And look, you don't need me to tell you how elite of an option he is. He's playing in this game that has an over-under of 76. He has a very consistent load of carries. He gets in the end zone quite a lot. UCLA plays offense very fast. He's the number one running back on the board next. Dwayne McBride of UAB has an elite game log. But one thing, and I've mentioned this here on the podcast before, because I went to the University of North Carolina at Charlotte, UNC Charlotte, who just hired a new head coach, by the way. Um, and I actually worked in video department for the football team. 
I got to see the inner workings of a group of five football team. And let me tell you, it's a different world from power five schools. And group of five football teams look different when they play power five opponents. They just do because they're out-talented. They're not going to be able to do what they normally do to win. And Dwayne McBride and UAB have not played a Power 5 opponent this season. This is their only game this season against a Power 5 opponent. So the game log looks great. The workload looks great. Everything on paper looks great. But I don't know how Dwayne McBride and the rest of this UAB team is going to respond when they play that Power 5 opponent, LSU. Now, it's not like LSU's the 85 Bears out there. But I'm just saying there's a lot of uncertainty. I think he's going to be really low-owned. But I do think that, you know... It's a little bit of risk, so play with caution. He's a very interesting GPP play because I do think he will be low-owned, and I do think he's very high risk. Now, for Oklahoma, Eric Gray has kind of resurrected the Oklahoma run game. He's got 20 carries in four straight games and a minimum of 21 points in those games. And look, those are the four games where Oklahoma has kind of turned their season around. After that loss to Texas, they were down bad, and I mean bad. So they've kind of resurrected their season by getting back to that run game, and it's been on the back and on the legs of Eric Gray. So I think he is also, like Zach Charbonnet, an elite-level option for this week. Speaking of elite options, Ole Miss's running back tandem of Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans. They're both great, but the one you want in fantasy is Quinshawn Judkins. Judkins has 29 points in four straight, and Ole Miss, like literally, both of these guys are options. I prefer Judkins. When you look at the rushing percentage, well, you know, teams, what percentage of their plays are runs. Ole Miss is up there in the top 10, and they're literally behind like the service academies and like Wisconsin and like so pretty much teams that just run triple option or teams that run out of the eye, except they're doing it out of the spread. And so, you know, Quinshawn Jenkins, we know he's going to get a lot of carries. It's a decent matchup. I, you know, if you can get 29 points against Alabama, you can get 29 points against anybody. Sean Tucker of Syracuse has really struggled lately, but honestly, this price tag is kind of juicy. Like, you know, Sean Tucker's going to play in the NFL. You're going to get an NFL caliber player at $6,200 on DraftKings against a Wake Forest defense that can kind of be beat with the run or the pass. I kind of like it as an option this week. I think Sean Tucker definitely this week will be the week to go back to him. Travis Dye for USC is out for the rest of the season with an injury, which means that Austin Jones is in position to take advantage of that opportunity. If you need evidence of that, he had 21 fantasy points on 11 carries last game, and he is a cheap way to get exposure to this game that has an over-under of 76 without breaking the bank and without squeezing your way out of playing other players. Josh Williams has taken a hold of the LSU backfield, and while he has a price increase this week from last week, I'm still willing to go back to him. He's got 15 points in four straight games. If you're looking for a bargain running back this week, Alex Fontenot of Colorado is finally back healthy. Since he has returned from injury, he has 10 and 22 fantasy points. And if you're thinking, wow, that's not bad. How much points is Colorado scoring? Well, they scored 10 points and 17 points respectively in those two games. So even when Colorado does not score points, they're still handing it off to Alex Fontenot. And while I expect them to get blown out in this game against Washington, you know, you don't have to win the game to be good in fantasy football. Saquon Barkley's been proving that for years, except now the Giants are actually winning. So um, I like Alex Fontenot this week as the bargain running back. I think if you play him, you're going to get a little more leverage to play some of the upper echelon guys at receiver and quarterback, especially like a Caleb Williams or a DTR. So my bargain running back for the week, Alex Fontenot of Colorado. All right, that does it for the ground game. Let's go back to the air and talk about some receivers. 
at the wide receiver position, it should come as no surprise that the number one option on the board and the number one priced receiver is Xavier Hutchinson of Iowa State. Look, we've talked about him numerous times on the podcast. I'm not going to beat a dead horse. He's got an incredibly high floor because of his insane target share that he gets week in and week out. If you need more evidence of it, he had 15 targets last week. 15 targets, just an insane number. We'll take that any day, even at the price tag. Now, in terms of other Cyclones to consider, Jalen Noel is on the other side of him, and he's the only other one I would consider. He is the guy that if you're looking to be like this you know, GPP guy and play leverage, Jalen Noel is the guy that will give you leverage because people are going to play Hutchinson, and if Hutchinson doesn't have a big game, then Jalen Noel will have to have a big game. For the USC wide receivers, this is a very interesting situation to navigate right now because Jordan Addison – Quite frankly, we don't know his status. He played sparingly last week, like he barely saw the field and barely touched the football. So I don't know. Is he healthy? Is he not healthy? Is he 100%? Is he going to play? I don't know. I don't know the answer to any of those questions. So if you get answers closer to kickoff on Jordan Addison, by all means, you can play him. Like he's still an elite receiver. He was an elite receiver last year at Pitt. He's an elite receiver again at USC. But I'm not playing a guy that I don't know his injury status. Now, behind him, Mario Williams, who has missed every game that Jordan Addison did, has been the second target all season for USC. He's expected to play in this one. So we haven't gotten to see Mario Williams in a game without Jordan Addison. So I don't know how that would play out. But if it does play out, I think that that's a very good opportunity for Mario Williams to score a lot of fantasy points. Now, when those guys have been out, it's been Taj Washington that has operated as the alpha when those two guys are out. In the last three games, which were played sparingly by Jordan Addison in one, and both of them missed the other two, um, he's averaged 25 fantasy points. So if you know we get updates on the injuries and Addison and Williams are out, Taj Washington is the guy. Um, other than that, I would pretty much monitor this situation right up until kickoff because I think that, like I said before, this is a game where we can take advantage of the high over-under, the high tempo, the high points. Like, it's just a great game to target, but we got to know who to target, and we don't want to end up with a goose egg because a guy doesn't play. Now, on the other sideline for UCLA, UCLA is kind of like in a more expensive Arkansas situation. So I've mentioned all year about how Arkansas, and you can consider this my Arkansas coverage for the week too. Jaden Hazelwood has the floor. Matt Landers has the ceiling. For UCLA, Jake Bobo has the floor, and Casimir Allen has the ceiling. My personal opinion, I think Jake Bobo is a little overpriced, so I don't think I'm going to get there on him this week. Casimir Allen was pretty much operating as the team's number one wide receiver and number one fantasy point scorer until last week when he missed for a reason that was undisclosed. It drives me crazy when college football teams do that. But anyway, he missed it for an undisclosed reason. He's back at practice this week. He's probably going to be back playing, barring anything unforeseen. And so I think Casimir Allen is probably the guy that I'll be getting into my lineups because he's the one that has that higher ceiling. For Tennessee, Jalen Hyatt is the only Tennessee receiver I trust right now. Brute McCoy has been pretty solid, honestly, but he doesn't score touchdowns. He's got only two touchdowns. They don't really target him in the red zone. They either really just run the ball when they're in the red zone or, you know, they hit people over the top so that they're not in the red zone. So Brew McCoy, decent option, but pass. And then Cedric Tillman, we don't know what his health is. So pass again. Jalen Hyatt's the Tennessee receiver that I want. If you're stacking with Hendon Hooker, stacking with Jalen Hyatt. On the other sideline of this game for South Carolina, Antoine Wells. 
is the receiver you want. I mentioned earlier how there were two games where Spencer Rattler scored about 20 fantasy points. Well, in those two games, Antoine Wells hit 30 points both of those times. So if you, you want a very, very cheap stack, Rattler and Wells against a bad Tennessee secondary is a very legitimate option to go to this week. That'll save you a lot of salary to get some of these other guys in there. For Wake Forest, A.T. Perry has been consistently good. Now, the rest of the receiving core has been hard to figure out. Last week, it was Green and Morin. The week before that, it was Banks and Williams. So, I don't know. I think A.T. Perry is the really consistent one. I think the other four are just kind of dart throws and just hoping that it works out. But we know that the Wake Forest offense is good. We know that they're going to score points. So, if you want to even do something where you build multiple lineups and just put multiple or different Wake receivers in them, I'm okay with that. Um... Like I said, it's just it's really hard to predict, and I don't really know. I, I'm I'm not in tune with this situation enough to know which one's going to go off on a particular week. Next one, Rome O'Dunn's and Jalen McMillan of Washington are the only two worth targeting. They're both very good. They're both probably, honestly, not that much separates them. I think O'Dunn's has a slight advantage in my opinion, and we know Washington's playing Colorado. They're going to put up a lot of points in this one. So one of those two receivers can definitely take advantage of that poor Colorado defense and give you a lot of fantasy points. Now, I do have one punt play on the other sideline for this one for Colorado, and it's actually two. These two receivers are very much near the minimum price, and Colorado's got to throw to somebody, right? And so Jack Hestera was the receiving leader last week, and... Over the last three weeks, R.J. Sneed has been the most prolific, and they're both under $4,000 on DraftKings. So if you're looking for a punt play receiver, one of the two Colorado guys will give you more flexibility with the rest of your lineup. All right, that does it for the wide receiver position, and that does it for the podcast here on college football. So make sure you stay tuned to the episode feed. We've got a college basketball episode coming later on this morning. And if you want my full DFS lineup, head on over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Also, follow me on Twitter for any stats, facts, updates, lineup suggestions, start set suggestions. It's all going down on Twitter, so make sure you give me a follow if Twitter is still around by the time you listen to this podcast, which is honestly kind of sad, but that's for another time and place. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Hopefully, I gave you guys some names that will help you win your DFS contest this week, and I will see you all next time. Thank you.